everybody, this is Rich Sports Talk, and I'm your host, Nolan Rich. Thank you so much for joining us here on SoundCloud, TuneIn Speaker, and available for download on iTunes and Apple Podcasts. Thank you so much for joining us here today. Some big news coming up in the coming week about the podcast. Remember, you can reach out to us, richsportstalk at gmail.com and at richsportstalk on Twitter to answer all your latest questions. But it's another Monday, and you know what that means. It's another edition of 3 and Out, Week 15 edition in the NFL, the top three storylines, in my opinion, including a fourth down punt with a 60-second topic and a quick rant that I will get into. But let's start it off here. A good, crazy weekend in the NFL. Lots going on with the playoff race. And even though there's some rookie quarterbacks I want to talk to, I'm going to shift gears a little bit. We're still going to talk a lot of quarterbacks. Two of the topics will be about the quarterbacks. But I'm going to start it off with something a little bit different today. And that's the New England Patriots on first down. Now, everyone I've heard in the media today is, I think, overreacting a little bit. I think that there is definitely some panic in New England now with another back-to-back loss. And look, they were being on a crazy play at the end of the Miami game. Okay, the offense hasn't looked great over the last two weeks. I understand that. But New England is still 9-5, and and they get to play the Jets and the Bills over the last two weeks. So, barring something crazy, this team's going to be 11-5. and Now, the big reason the Patriots should be worried is, isn't necessarily that they're not going to have a home playoff game. It's that history has not been kind on the Brady-Belichick side. Since the two have come together, Brady and Belichick, they've been to eight Super Bowls, right? Eight Super Bowls. Here's a little fun fact. Did you know they have never made a Super Bowl when they haven't had a bye? Just think about that. If the Patriots haven't had a bye in the first round, they have never made the Super Bowl. And that's alarming because I look at Houston, and I understand Houston, you look at their schedule. They have Jacksonville left, and then they have the Rams coming up. But both those teams are in bad shape right now, and I think now we've seen the formula for beating the Rams. I'll get into that in a little bit in one of the next downs, but I do think the Texans are going to play hard down the stretch. They have a good pass rush. They're healthy on defense. Deshaun Watson's look great. And really over the course since week four, there hasn't been a hotter team or a more consistent team than the Texans. So I do think they're going to get the second seed. And the Patriots, the way the seeing will be, they won't face, they'll face the sixth seed out of the three spot, which I think they will wrap up. And even though it will probably, won't, it won't be the Chargers, it won't be the Chiefs, it'll, be, it'll still be a pretty good playoff team. I mean, we're looking at the AFC playoff race, it's competitive. I do think, though, they have a great home field advantage. So I can see them winning around, but then asking them to go on the road twice to either a Kansas City, possibly an L.A., depending on how the AFC West shapes up, going to – they're not going to get to Pittsburgh, but uh, Houston. I, I just think it's going to be a very tough road for the Patriots. And, look, I don't think the Patriots are as good as they were the last year. I think that they have some better weapons on the offense. I think they have a better running game, which will help in the postseason. But I'm not loving their offensive line right now. And look, Brady, he's looked a little off the last couple of weeks. But if anyone could iron out the kinks, it's them. But I think the one biggest factor is people are going to say, well, the home field advantage is a huge factor. I would argue that the break was a huge factor for two reasons. Number one, it allows your team to get healthier. And it allows Tom Brady to get a nice little buy and a break, especially at his age to this point in the season. But more importantly, it gives Bill Belichick an extra week to prepare. And Bill Belichick is one of those coaches where you give him extra time, you're in trouble. And I do think that that is an advantage we don't talk about enough here is how the buy gives these really smart coaches extra chance to see tape, an extra chance to study. It gives them an extra week to prepare. 
and especially with the pool a lot shorter, they can with only limited teams in the playoffs, they can get an extra week of studying in and allow their players to get an extra week of game plan and prep in. So I do think the buy is huge, especially for what New England likes to do, which is outsmart everyone. Look, I do think the Patriots, I still have them as one of the few teams out of the AFC that I could see winning the Super Bowl. But the road just got significantly harder because now it's not going to go through Foxborough, and they need to get that second seed. Now, strange things have happened. We've seen on any given Sunday a team get upset. The Texans do control their destiny. But if they lose a game, the Patriots are right back in that two seed, and that will be crucial for the Patriots. If they get that first round by, they shoot up in my book to be in the Super Bowl because of history and because of how consistent they are and because of the much-needed break, especially when you look at the Tom Brady getting older now and Rob Gronkowski's health, giving him an extra week to, to recover will be huge for this team. I don't think they're as good as they've been in past years, but once again, don't bet against Brady and Belichick, but losing this game this weekend could be huge in their pursuit of a third straight trip to the Super Bowl. All right, it's time for second down, and this one's going to be the struggle of young quarterbacks. We dived into this a little bit last week when I talked about defenses catching up, and two of the league's hot stars have really come back to earth. That's Patrick Mahomes and Jared Goff. Jared Goff more so than Patrick Mahomes, but Mahomes now 0-3 in his biggest games of the season. Couldn't put away the Chargers on Thursday night football, and Jared Goff has really struggled for the high-flying Rams, and now a lot of people questioning how good he has been. I mean, we forget that this guy was an MVP candidate just a couple weeks ago, and he has seemingly played himself out of that with nine turnovers over the last three games and only one passing touchdown. But here's the thing. Everyone's been building the high train about these two quarterbacks. And I will say I've been very impressed with them. But we're forgetting. They're young guys. They're babies in this league. We forget Jared Goff's in his third season as the, a quarterback in the NFL. This is Patrick Mahomes' first full season starting. And what's happened, I think, is you're seeing injuries take their toll on both their rosters. But defensive coordinators, now they have tape. Now they have almost a full season of tape on these guys in their systems this year and they can make the adjustments. We saw the Eagles last night. I want you to think about this with the Eagles. The Eagles are down there starting three corners, don't have a great pass rush, and we're getting bullied by Dak Prescott a week ago and just Amari Cooper, and they were slowing down this Eagle, this Rams attack. You look at the Chiefs over the last two games, we've seen the formula. Run the ball against that defense. Their defense has a lot of holes, and though Mahomes has played better than Goff, there's been a couple times, especially in that last Thursday night game, where he could have really put the game away, and he wasn't able to do it. And I love Mahomes, but it reminds me a lot of Brett Favre. And the thing I always had a problem with Favre is, and I think we we, we overlook Favre, and we, I think we give Favre a little too much credit. Look, Favre is an all-time great, but for as great as he was, he only won one Super Bowl. Could you imagine if he didn't win that Super Bowl? And one of the reasons is, in the postseason, he turned the football over. And I said this before about Mahomes, and this is the reason I worry about the Chiefs. He could make, he could have a great game. He could throw for four touchdowns in 400 yards. But if he turns the ball over three times, that's giving the other team three possessions in the game, three extra possessions. And in the postseason, these games, they're against the best teams in football. You're not playing the Raiders, who are going to shoot themselves likely in the foot. These are against great defenses and very savvy quarterbacks. You look at who is leading in the NFL, outside of these two young guns, who, what do they have in common? They're usually older veterans, except with the exception of Lamar Jackson, who has a great defense. And this is the thing. When these guys continue to see defense, when they're five, six, seven years in the league, 
I think they'll be fine because nothing can surprise them. These guys are still babies. And look, I'm just saying, you look at both these teams that have flaws, and I think they're going to put a lot on their quarterbacks. Now, I do think Goff has an advantage where I think you're going to see Gurley over the last two weeks, and they're going to get the running game more involved. And he has a very, both have very creative offensive coaches, which I think are going to design game plans to help them succeed over the long haul. But it is something to point out that everyone's saying, oh, it's going to be the Rams or the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. I'm not so sure about that. And it's because their teams have flaws. But more importantly, these are two young quarterbacks. These are babies. These are guys who are under 25 years old. These are young guns in this league. They haven't even made 50 career starts in for Mahomes. This is his first full season. We're not even through 16 games for Mahomes yet. There's still two games to be played before he gets a full season under his belt experience wins in the postseason we've even seen average quarterbacks or below average quarterbacks who have had experience are successful in the postseason because of that and that's one reason I've always been a little bit leery on the Chiefs and the Rams everyone especially after that Monday night game is like oh these two teams are going to the Super Bowl I said they have the talent to get to the Super Bowl but they have two young signal callers we have to pump the brakes a little bit because they've really come back down there, and especially golf. And it's going to be very interesting, especially for the Rams, how we're going to see them adapt over these next two games. Because I think what you're going to see is I think they're going to go really back to basics with golf, and I think they're going to really try to get more play action and run the football more to help open things up for him. But it is interesting because everyone's saying, oh, the Rams and the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. Well, you know, these quarterbacks, they're young. They're going to make mistakes. I mean, we forget golf. This is his third year in the league third year there's a lot of pressure on this kid too especially with how well they've been doing and with Patrick Mahomes he hasn't made a full season I want you to think about this this is his first full season in the NFL just think about that and this will be his first time in the postseason and for everyone that says oh it's no different it's it's a big difference you're playing the best teams great defenses the weather isn't great and every possession matters and I that's one reason I say look we got to pump the brakes a little bit on these two guys because they're going to be facing experienced quarterbacks in the postseason. Phillip Rivers in the AFC, Big Ben, you have Tom Brady. And then you look in the NFC, who's in the top right now? It's Drew Brees. You have a great young quarterbacks, and both these franchises have bright futures with these kids. But this might not be the year for them because they're both young kids. And I'm just saying, look, pump the brakes on these guys. They're still babies. Which gets us into third down. I know I talk at nauseum about the quarterback position and the value of the quarterback position. And one thing I took out of this past weekend was it's going to be a very intriguing offseason for the quarterbacks. Now a lot of you are saying, well, let me, let me explain this. This isn't a draft class like last year. There's some good prospects, but there's a chance a couple of these guys could stay in school. It's not as good of a crop of young quarterbacks in the draft. And you still see that there are teams desperate for a quarterback. Now, it'll be interesting because two guys will hit free agency who I don't think we're talking about. And I will not be surprised if they get good money, especially after the Kirk Cousins deal last year. And also, we have to remember, there could be another guy who I think is having a very good season this year that no one's really talking about, surprisingly. And I'll get to that. But first, the two free agents. We forget because it's crazy. Think about this. In the span of 12 months, if I was to say, who has won the biggest games for the Philadelphia Eagles? It's been Nick Foles. Well, he, he won those playoff games. But the three big ones I'm talking about are the Super Bowl, 
He won the opening night in Atlanta to help get this team off on the right foot. And then when this team's season was back against the wall, they everyone was killing the Eagles, saying they were going to get blown out of the stadium against the Rams, and he played a very good game. Now, I understand Nick Foles is the most attractive candidate, but he's going to hit the free agent market. He's still going to be in his young 30s. And you look at his career numbers, he has a 2-1 to touchdown ratio. He's a Super Bowl champion, and he's helped. And look, I understand he's getting a lot of help from this Eagle personnel on the offense. They have a very good offensive coaches on that team. But you can't tell me that there won't be teams interested on the free agent market. And then there's also the case of Joe Flacco. I mean, everyone loves to pile on Joe Flacco, but we forget this guy helped lead the Ravens to multiple playoff conspirances. And do you want to know an interesting stat? Not only does he have a winning record and won a Super Bowl, but he has never lost an opening round playoff game. Think about that. He has never lost an opening round playoff game. And I'm just looking around the league right now, and I'm saying... You don't think Jacksonville could use either of these guys next season? The Redskins, who might not have Alex Smith now because of his leg injury, he might be done with football. In that division, they might not need a quarterback. You couldn't see them going after Flacco or Nick Foles for the short term because this isn't a great, great draft class. There isn't a guy I see really coming out and starting right away and making some team very competitive. I mean, there's a lot of teams in the NFL this season that still don't have the quarterback situation figured out. And I do think it's fascinating with both Flacco and with Foles on the market. I mean, we're forgetting Cousins got $84 million last year. He's never won a Monday night football game. He's 4-24 in his career against teams with a winning record. And in primetime Sunday games, he's 5-13. and And yet, he got $84 million. Both of these guys are in their young 30s. And I know they don't have the stats that Cousins had, but both of them have hosted a Lombardi trophy. Both have played big time in the postseason. You don't think that there's a team that's going to give them even a three-year contract, give them a big contract? The quarterback position is so important. And with a weak draft class, we might see some desperation, even maybe even some bidding wars for these guys. You could a team like Cincinnati, who's probably going to be looking to rebuild, could they look to get one of these guys for two or three years to find a quarterback to groom in Cincinnati? That could sure be a possibility. I would not be shocked. I mean, could Tampa Bay take a flyer on one of these guys for two or three years while they figure out their quarterback situation so they don't have to pay Jameis Winston? It's absolutely possible. So I think that they're going to be fascinating. And then there's another guy who I think we're not talking enough, and that's Nick Mullins. If you're like, who's Nick Mullins? He's the quarterback for San Francisco. I just want you to think about this. In six games in the NFL, he has a positive touchdown to interception ratio. He's thrown, completed over 60% of his passes, and he's 3-3 three three as a starter for San Francisco, who I remind you were a dumpster fire once Garoppolo got hurt. And I understand they have a great offensive coach, but outside of an all-world tight end, what weapons does he have? Did you know for the majority of the season – the number one and two receivers on San Francisco have been hurt. They have an okay offensive line. Nothing great to write home about. And even though they've had some good moments for Matt Bria, the running back, he's been banged up this season, and he's missed significant time. So I'm looking at this kid, and I'm saying, if I'm a team, like let's say the New York Giants, could it be out of the possibility? Could it, could it be 
an opportunity to say, look, this kid, we've seen he can play in the NFL. Maybe he could be something. Instead of spending a high draft pick on a quarterback, if we're not sure, couldn't the Giants do this? Couldn't they say, look, we'll give San Francisco a third or fourth round pick to see if this kid could develop with Kyle Aletta, maybe didn't see if one of them developed behind Eli for another year. And I understand that Eli might get cut, and I'm a big fan of the Giants moving on to a young quarterback. But if you don't love a guy in this draft, it's cheaper. He has a cheap contract. You don't think it would be smart in their best interest to call San Francisco and say, hey, you know, this Mullins kid, He's not bad. We'll, we'll give you a third or fourth round pick and have him sit behind Eli and see if you have something there. Because he's proven one thing. He can play in this league. He has played in this league. I mean, his opening game against the Raiders on primetime football, he played great. He played very well this last weekend against a great defense in Seattle. I mean, he might not be the flashiest player, but he's showing potential. He could be a solid B minus B guy. And at the very worst case, he's showing that he can be a capable backup. I mean, if you're a team that's desperate for a quarterback and you don't love a guy and you don't want to pay Nick Foles or Joe Flacco $20 million a year, and there's a chance they'll get it. People think I'm crazy, but there's a chance. We're forgetting these guys have won Lombardi trophies. And teams need a quarterback. So I'm I'm just saying keep an eye on Nick Mullins. And San Francisco – John Lynch has been very aggressive, and they've drafted very well. You look at their drafts. They've done a very good job of building up that defense. They've been doing a very good job of finding guys like Burita in the later rounds. And when you have a front offense that's confident in what they're doing in the scouting department and that drafts well, draft capital is great. I mean, let's not forget they gave up picks to get Jimmy Garoppolo. So maybe this year's draft they can get some of those replenished by Trey Mullins. Look, I'm not saying he's going to be a high pick, but getting a solid fourth round pick for him might not be in the be- it might not be a bad idea for San Francisco to maybe use that to get another offensive lineman or another weapon for Garoppolo next year cuz they've already invested in him. He's going to be the guy. Now could they keep Mullins to be the backup? Sure, absolutely, but this is a young kid that if you're a team that's desperate for a quarterback, I'm saying take a look. Look at the tape this year. If you think he can play in this league, And he's shown flashes that he can. I mean, he's the quarterback no one's talking about. I mean, he took over San Francisco. He took over the 49ers, and they're not a great team. We saw it before Garoppolo got there. And he's gone 3-3 and as a starter, and he just beat the Seahawks with a great defense this past weekend. And he's limited with weapons. It's not like he's got an all-world-class receiving core. He's got a great tight end, an all-pro tight end, in my opinion. But outside of that... He's had an inconsistent running game and okay weapons at best, and they're often injured, especially his perimeter ones. All I'm saying is, if you don't love a quarterback in this year's draft, maybe look in San Francisco say, hey, we'll take a flyer on this kid. Because you know what? The worst case, hey, he could be a solid backup, and he's got a workable contract right now. I mean, it's not the worst idea in the world, especially if you don't love a quarterback and you don't want to invest a lot of draft capital. All right, it's fourth down, and to punt off this episode, a 60-second topic, we'll get into that right now. And this is absolutely absurd to me. I've seen this on social media. People calling for Jiggerin's drop. Okay, that is just asinine. May I remind you that they lost Alex Smith? This team was 6-2 and two with Alex Smith, and then he broke his leg. Then they had Colt McCoy. Their backup quarterback broke his leg. 
Then they moved on to Mark Sanchez, who can't play. Now they're on Josh Johnson, their fourth quarterback. They just went into Jacksonville. And I know Jacksonville isn't great, but they have still have an elite defense. He went in there and won on the road. The Redskins are 7-7 seven and seven and still technically alive in the postseason rush because of Gruden. And look, this team has had more injuries and more players on our than any other team in the NFL over the last two seasons. And yet they are still in the playoff race despite all those obstacles against them. If if you fire Gruden today, he will be hired very shortly. He can coach in this league. He's a very smart offensive coach, and he gets quarterbacks. He's what coaches and franchises are looking for right now. They are looking to hire a Gruden type. Look, you look at all the obstacles the Redskins have able to overcome. Their first-round pick, Torres ACL, their running back in training camp. They've had to rely on 33-year-old Adrian Peterson and Alex Smith, and they were 6-2. and two and controlling the NFC East until Alex Smith broke his leg. And now it looks like he might not be able to come back to the football field. So getting rid of a great head coach like that, especially if they're in the market for a young quarterback or at least a journeyman that he can maximize, moving on from a great quarterback coach like him is just completely crazy. And if the Redskins do make that decision to move on from Gruden, it will be a decision that will likely haunt them for many years. But that's going to do it for this episode of Rich Sports Talk. Thank you so much for joining us here today. Remember to like and subscribe so you don't miss any of the latest content. You'll get my thoughts on players sitting out bowl games. That's the next episode coming up. So make sure you like and subscribe. That is coming up very soon only on Rich Sports Talk.